Hey everybody, welcome back. We're on year five of pandemic. Um, at least it feels that way. Someone said, oh, you know, it's only been like six to eight weeks. And I was like, what? You mean we haven't been stay at home for like three years now? But. I mean, I think it's just the kids that make it feel that long. I don't know. It's crazy. But thank you for hanging here with us. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. Hope you guys had a great Mother's Day. It was a little bit different, I know, than normal. So hopefully you called your mom or sent her a card or something if you couldn't see her and made some time for that. I had an awesome Mother's Day. My husband bought me some makeup, which is what I wanted, and it was so cute, and I loved it. Um, And... He's a pretty good dude. Yeah. He's pretty okay. I mean. And then my fire pit came that I've been wanting. And it was super classy. And my husband complained about it. And then he put it together today. And it's so awesome. I'm so excited. I can't wait to go sit up by my fire pit and have s'mores and relax. Your husband's like the best dude. <laughs> yeah. He's so humble too. <laughs> yeah. He's got to work on that. He's pretty terrible also at winning at games. <laughs> That's true. Okay, let's go back to the nice thing. <laughs> but I had a great Mother's Day. And Jason Jason was awesome, as always. It's hard because I think it's hard on holidays and stuff on him because he's pretty good every day. So it doesn't. Oh, man, this is going down in recorded <laughs> history, too. Man. I mean, you could be a turd sometimes, that's for sure. But it's good. I mean, you can't have good all the time. It would just make your life too awesome. <laughs> I mean, you're pretty okay. If I can tolerate your big hair right now. Oh my gosh, pandemic hair. I feel like we maybe need to post a picture of Jason's pandemic hair on the Riveted. It's been in some videos. Yeah, it's big, guys. Like, if you haven't seen it, Jason's got huge hair. And so, like, in Ohio, the haircut places are starting to open back up, Um and so I'm hoping that he will call and make his own appointment because he's not a child and I will not call for him to make him an appointment. So we'll see how serious he is about getting rid of his pandemic hair because it is crazy. He looks like, um, like, Lyle love it. Rhett from Rhett and Link. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mixed with like, uh. you know, Danny Zuko a little bit, but he won't actually put product in his hair. So it's not even that controlled. Because I don't have any grease. Yes, you do. You just don't know how to use it. No, that's paste. I need grease oh. and a leather jacket. <sighs> this is what I'm dealing with, people. So, pandemic hair, Jason's got it. But let's talk about some news. Since we have bantered enough. I found some interesting things on Kickstarter. Some stuff that, I don't know, I tried to mix it up a little bit. So the first... A game I want to talk about this on Kickstarter right now is called Forest Guardians, and it looks super cute. Um, it's a tile laying game where you it's actually mimicking like the geography of Taiwan, which I thought was really interesting. Like um, with its mountains, there's mountains and lakes and like like f I think maybe five different types of topography in there. And you're trying to, you're like laying tiles to build up the area. 
And then if you can, you're like planting trees and things on them, different types of trees. And they're shaped maples, which is so cute. And, you know, I love that. Um, Different types of trees because you're trying to help like reforest this area. Um, So there are people that are like illegal lumberjacks coming in and chopping down trees. Wildfires are springing up. So you're trying to take care of those. And you want to like help maintain um, this forest there. And... you might come across like endangered species and so you can take them back to your shelter to help them you know rehabilitate and then if you can like make an environment like one of the forest areas match like their preferred habitat then you can release them into the wild to get points like it's looks super cute the artwork's cute um it seems like it'd be a totally fun family game especially if you like tile games i don't really like tile placement games but I like the theme of this. And so that's called Forest Guardians. There are 17 days left on that Kickstarter, and it's 40 bucks for the game. Sounds cool, but I don't know if it sounds $40 cool. But the premise is neat. I think, like, for $40, it's what you basically get for a $40 game. I mean, that's what a lot of board games are priced nowadays. And it's not like it's just a deck of cards. Like, it's it's a full game. I think it's cute. That's cool, but I mean, it's shipping from what do you say, Taiwan? I don't know if it's shipping from Taiwan. That's just the theme of it. Yeah. Oh no, from L.A. Oh, okay. it, it's it's in gotcha. L.A. No, it's just based based on like the mountain landscape and the natural wonders of Taiwan. Because if you like back it at like a higher level, you actually get a map of Taiwan, and you're like matching the tiles to the typography on Taiwan. Oh, that's cool. But this is just replicating Taiwan, which I think is interesting. And it gives you some little facts about what it's like. Like, and the shaped meeples for the different types of trees are really cool. The arc of the color, it's very colorful, which I really like. So, um, it's made by Shepherd Kit Inc. It is based in cool. Taiwan, but this is actually shipping out of LA. So, that's Forest Guardians. Um, it's already funded. And it's 17 days left in the Kickstarter, 40 bucks. Looks good. Another family game that I saw... That has, I don't want to say a similar theme, but it's about growing things. Like, so Forest Guardians is growing different kinds of trees. Plot a lot is actually a card game. Um, looks like it's a pretty lightweight um, family game where you're playing cards, where you're putting a plot of land. You're going to plant vegetables in it. You then can also play cards to help make your vegetables like better, fertilize them, protect them. You can um, unleash pests on other people's um, vegetables or steal their vegetables. And so you're trying to like grow your vegetables and harvest them to get points. The artwork on this one is adorable. Like really, really pretty. Super colorful. I like it's like I would check out the Kickstarter for the artwork alone is really pretty and it's i don't want to say it's cartoony um it is a little bit but it has i want to say almost like an everdell feel not like as muted as some of the colors are in everdell but it is just really really cute so that's plot a lot there are 20 days left on the kickstarter and it's 28 bucks so check that out yeah like it's funny i was on kickstarter a lot today looking around and i didn't hear of forest guardians or this one i didn't see it maybe i just skimmed over it but this is why i take care of the news yeah that's true and finally for something completely different um i was really i was like i really want to have three and so i looked through some there's like this mary queen of scots game it was uh whatever 
This is called the Evergreen Bandana Game. So it's actually a bandana that is green. Um, that is a state, a Washington state themed bandana. What? Yes. So there's like Sasquatch on there. There's like <laughs> um, the mountain, you know, Mount St. Helens. Um, there's a picture of like the trout swimming upstream. Um, there's marmots. Um, there's the ferry line. Because the Olympic marmot is like the um, the Washington State endemic mammal, case window. But on it is that like a is that like a weasel or something? Kind of, yeah, like a beaver, gopher oh, yeah, okay, kind of you. thing. Yeah. So, but on that bandana, so you can use it as a bandana, but it also is a game. And there's like a little pouch it comes into. It's got two dice. And oh, it's in Bellingham. It's founded in Bellingham. Northwest Corner Goods is who makes this. We've been to Bellingham before. Yeah, maybe we can have Cynthia go pick us up right. one. Right. We'll have your mom go pick us up one. <laughs> <laughs> but on this bandana is actually like the game board. So in some ways it's a roll and move because you're moving along this area. But you've got this second like adventure die that does different things. Like you get like a marmot bite and lose a turn. Um, or you get to ride across the Puget Sounds. Like it also comes with these stickers. One's of Sasquatch. One's of Mount Rainier. One's of the marmot. Um <laughs> it's just i mean sure it's super simple and dumb roll and move game but if you like washington it's fun and two like super portable and also a bandana if you need some kind of facial covering to go into some place during the pandemic so that's evergreen bandana game there's 18 days left on kickstarter it's 25 bucks uh something to check out it's kind of fun this actually sounds bad, but that sounds like the best game of the well, the most interesting one to me of the three. You can't be serious. Forest gardens and plot a lot sounding great. This is probably a terrible game, but the premise is neat and the idea is interesting and silly. So yeah, I like it. I like it. Oh my gosh! Well, that's the news. All right, guess what time it is? <laughs> games played time. I know. Speaking of terrible games. Oh, this is not terrible. You take that back. No, I'm not saying the gameplay is terrible. I'm saying it's obviously not a good game. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. So let's talk about this not so great, that not so great, amazing game. (laughs) And it is called Gambler 1977 Parker Brothers. That's right. You got to know. We busted out retro. No wind fold them. And some reason Kenny Rogers is on the podcast. No wind. The gambler, man. Kenny is the gambler. <laughs> yeah, so despite the name, this game does not have Kenny Rogers in it, which it should have. That would we should awesome. retheme it. Let's we should. Restoration we should put games. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers IP. <laughs> so what this game is, uh, we both played this a couple, well, I don't know. I played it twice. Katie's only played it no, once. No, I've played, played it played twice. It. Oh, yeah, you did play it twice. So we both played it twice, and it's probably the greatest game ever. <laughs> And, and what you're doing in this game is it's a roll and move. And when you roll and move, you're going to be landing on these spaces that are like little mini casino games. Like you may have to uh, do a horse race. You may have to do a lottery. Um, you may have to do a sweepstakes where you're going to be betting on where you think dice are going to be in this cool little dice shaker. They're going to fall down in this little tube. It's all based on you roll a dice and see what happens. But... I love that stuff. I love it. It's just so, like, push your luck feeling, and it takes 30 minutes. It's a silly schoolhouse rock-looking game that is 
one of the best games that I've played in a long time. Yeah, it totally has Schoolhouse Rock artwork. Um, the best part about it for me is it smells like old books, like slightly <laughs> <An> mildewy, <laughs> slightly mothball-y. Um, I love it. I love the colors. So yeah, it's totally pressure luck. It, it gives you the same feel that the reason why we love Homestretch. Um, you, you know, you start with a hundred bucks, you try to get to a thousand, and you're just playing all these little mini games, which I think a lot of people really like. It's why I, of all the video games that I mean, I've played a decent amount of video games. I love Mario Party. Which really is the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're rolling and moving and then doing little mini games. Yeah, true. And so it's super simple to teach. Like, you don't have to have any skill because it's all luck. And so, like, easy come, easy go. Money is moving in and out. Like, it's just, and it's quick, like, super fast. Yeah, and I, I like it so much. Well, Katie likes it so much that she insisted that I hunt down a copy. <laughs> I did not. You know? I said. So I, obl- I obliged. <laughs> yeah, I really had to twist your arm. <laughs> But I did find a copy from Canada, $5 plus $17 shipping. But still, $22 and this game is mine. Yep. So it, it it was pretty fun. I would play it like anytime. Because I mean, you're like betting on horse races, which is like home stretch. You're playing the lottery to hope certain numbers come up. You're, you know, you're playing almost like a version of roulette where you put bets down on what numbers are going to land where, if you're going to get a pair or straight, picking up like the equivalent of like chance and community chess cards. It's just so easy, but it's like a nice palate cleanser. It's just fun. Yeah, best game ever. Okay, not the best game ever <laughs> is the next game we played. And while I both enjoy anime and deck builders, um, the Cowboy Bebop Space Serenade game was just okay for me. Uh, I liked it. I think I liked it a little more than that as we got going. You probably did. It's like, so it's it's a deck builder. It's like one of those combo deck builders, almost like deck building and like a board because you have um, like your, you have a character, they have a social power, which is cool. I think it's nice. And you are trying to kill these baddies on different planets. So it costs you fuel to go there. Um, and there's different ways you can like use strength or you can use clues to find them. Um, if people are into the Cowboy Bebop IP, I like it. We actually watched an episode of Cowboy Bebop after this. I am, in fact, more interested in the show than I am in the game. I like um, the game better. Primarily because, like, you're buying cards and you're playing out of your deck and stuff. Um, and when you attack villains, you get wounds, which makes sense. And so they go in your deck and different things. I think they're too easy to get rid of, first off. And then secondly, there isn't enough card synergy happening for me. There are some cards that play off each other. But it's based on color, and they just give you, like, a small basic function. Like, you can't really chain actions um, later on in the game. It's just it's just okay. It's okay. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I get, the rule book was kind of eh. So it took us some time to actually figure out some of the stuff and how some of the villains worked and all that mess. But once you get through a couple rounds and you see how it goes, it's deck builder with irrelevant moving around. Um but yeah, I, I'm going to be working on a video for this here probably sometime this week. And you can see for yourself if it's good. Yeah, and so maybe other people might like it. Like, I hate Dominion, and lots and lots of people really like that game. So I'm a little bit pickier on my deck builders, I think, than a lot of people. This game is better than Dominion, I think. I don't know. It's don't better know than that. Dominion. All right. Eh. <laughs> a game that is, that sure. may or may not be better than Dominion, is the next game. And it's a co-op. And it's which we don't play often. Don't play often. 
And this is a game we haven't played since 2018 because I'm daft and can't figure it out. And it is called London Dread. And I will let Katie talk to you about this game because even though I've played it twice, I'm still not sure what's going on. So take it away. I really like London Dread. So um, you've got several, like I think five, maybe four or five stories to choose from that you can go progressively through. So it it's almost has a legacy game feel in some ways. Um but you, it's a programming game. So you're working together. You have a timed amount. You have this, yeah, timed amount of time. That seems weird to say, but it's true. At the beginning, where you're flipping over these cards, looking for plot cards, which are going to help progress you through the story. Um, and you're pulling other cards that might be allies, other cards that you might, that you're going to need to defeat. Um, because if you don't, they'll move up this doom track, which is not good for when you finally defeat the last you know, big bad or whatever. So each person has a character which has personality traits, um, just specific symbols that are assigned to your your character. And those symbols are going to be requirements on different cards. So you're, you have a clock, you're programming where your character is going to be along with the other characters so that you can, you know, go through the different plot cards and you have to go through them in order. So the timing is really key. Um, making sure that you can overcome the challenges with the correct number of icons because um, that'll set you up further in the game to do well later, collecting allies that'll help you out and trying to get turned over and overcome as many cards as possible in order to keep the doom low so that at the end, everyone goes in to the final challenge to try and defeat those as well and then do some rolling to see if you are you succeed or not. Yeah, so rolling. So Ameritrash. For everybody who thinks we don't play Ameritrash games, there you go. All right, now I'm done. It was barely, it's barely rolling. It's like a, a six-sided die. Two of them are successes. The rest are fails. So you're trying to collect as many die as you can by matching these symbols. And I, I like it because the programming can be tricky. And I don't, I wouldn't say that I love programming games, but there's something about I think it, it makes it as a co-op much more interesting because I'm trying to do things on my own if I can, but can I help somebody else out? If I need to be at certain places in certain times, how am I going to fill my time in between there to help out the team, to solve some cards? You know, how can I be innovative? You know, where am I going to get, you know, these different, you know, symbols that I might need do I need to hop over somewhere and help somebody else out? Because every time you leave a certain, there's four sections of the board. You have to leave that section of the board that you're in. You're spending one of those hours on your clock to move to the new section. Um, and that that time is precious. So I, I just think it's really strategic. It's thinky, like in that planning segment. Because when you actually, after you're done planning and you run your program, it doesn't require a ton. That part's fairly easy. And then you move towards the end. We've only played like the the kind of prologue first yep. chapter. It's I guess called it's the first letter. Chapter. That's all we've played. And so we played the second time. I sort of remember the gist of the story, like what happened from the first time we played it. But um, I, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not really? like true legacy. It, it's just symbols that you're trying to match. So you can play the same thing over and over and over and over and it's fine. Yeah. But I just like that. I thought it it's a fun for me. It's a it's a fun, a more fun version of a co-op because I'm still working on my own piece 
And then looking to see where can I help out? What am I doing to be a part of the team rather than, okay, as a team, let's all move here. Well, then let's all move here. You know, okay, who's the leader? Like, it's not like that. And I think I like the theme. Like, it's that whole. um, Like a Thulu type deal. Victorian era kind of stuff. Maybe not Victorian. Yeah, like 1900s. Pre and no, it's like pre, like right around the industrial age happening in England. So it's like slightly steampunk, but yet there's not like a ton of contraptions happening. I just think it's cool. I liked it a lot. I would like to play further versions. Yeah, I think after the second time, I did enjoy it more. The programming is a little tricky and can get cumbersome, but I do like that this is a co-op game where you're not, you don't have four actions. And you can go do those four actions like every other cooperative game. Like this is completely different than that, which right. is really interesting. Yes, I, I totally agree. I, I do. It, it is one of those, however, that having more people, I think, helps you yeah. play the yeah, game I better. Agree. I agree. So you want to play it with more than just two, which is what kind of stinks for us because we tend to be a two-player game kind of person. Yeah. Two is just harder, but it's still possible. But three was like super easy, I thought. Yeah, that's why I think maybe some of the other chapters might be a little more difficult, and I'd like to, I'd like to try yeah. those. Agreed. So that was London Dread. All right, so today's uh, feature, or this week's feature, I guess. We always say today and tonight, but you guys can listen to this whenever you want. So this week's feature <laughs> is going to be a part one. So stay tuned next week for the gripping finale. And... <laughs> <laughs> part one of the two-parter that we're doing is our essentials list so basically games that we think in a certain category are the games that you should try first or you should go out and buy if you're into those kinds of games at least that's my interpretation I'm not sure if you are thinking the same thing or if i'm way off base or maybe i'm not even talking about the right thing this week so i mean that is what i was thinking i was just thinking about i know like Especially now, we're spending more time at home, and a lot of other people are too, and have the time to play games. And I know a lot of people are looking for to spend their government cheddar on, right? Or saying, "Hey, you know, I I feel like I want to build up my collection. Maybe if you're staying at home more, a lot of people are spending a lot less money. So there's the freedom in the budget to buy games. And so I've I've seen a lot of people say, you know, what do I need next? Like, what's a good game like this? What's a good game like that? So I thought since the Dice Tower has their own essentials line, which we're not getting any kickback or any, you know, logos on board game boxes. Sure, we're not. (laughs) We're totally not. Um, I thought why don't we look at several different categories of games and pick a couple. We each pick one um, that we think everyone should own in that category. Yep. So let's talk about the first category. The first category would be worker placement. So that's a pretty broad category. It can mean lots of things, but mostly taking a dude, putting that dude on a spot and collecting something is the standard definition. So Katie, what do you got for that? For me, I went super classic and uh, chose Lords of Waterdeep. Like, this is an early game that we owned. Granted, it's in a humongous box, which is obnoxious. It is obnoxious, Um, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) And so there can kind of be a lot of setup, which I think sometimes 
maybe turns people off and people are like, ooh, Dungeons and Dragons, and they get all caught up in that. It has nothing to do with that. There is a place called Waterdeep. They reference owlbears and other stuff that you can find in D&D. However, that's it. It's a worker placement game. You're going to all these places, sending your workers out, collecting different cubes for that represent different types of workers to fulfill contracts. And you've got in-game goals that you're working towards um, to get the most points. It is probably one of the most basic worker placement games. And even though we've owned it for a long time, I still enjoy it. We broke this out, I don't know, maybe a couple months ago. And I was like, yeah, yeah this is still a good game. Like, it's it's good, and I think it it's an easy introduction into worker placement. It was enjoyable, that's for sure. This is a good one. All right, so I am going to pick one that's maybe a little more involved. Not actually too much, but a little bit more. And my pick is Viticulture. Hmm. So, yeah, there are lots of other games, but I think when it comes to a worker placement, like I could have picked Champions of Midgard, but that's essentially Lords of Waterdeep with dice. So I wanted to, like, branch out a little bit. So this game is essentially the worker placement. You're sending your dudes out to a spot. You're doing the thing. There's some differences here, like you're going to have a grande worker that's going to let you break the rule, and you can go to a spot that somebody else is. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to plant vineyards and make different types of wine. So in Lords of Waterdeep, you're basically going to a spot and collecting cubes. But in this one, you may have to go to multiple spots to make your your wine, to grow the, to buy a field, to get some wine, to mix some wines, to get people to drink your wine and all that stuff. So there's just... It's the basic part of Lords of Waterdeep with a little bit more going on down in your own player area, which is why I like it a little better. So my pick, Mm -hmm. Viticulture. I do like Viticulture. I was just thinking the other day that we should play this again. And I think what's nice about this is like the artwork is really muted. And so if some people really aren't into that high fantasy theme like Lords of Waterdeep, um, they can really appreciate Viticulture. Like it's a much easier theme, I think, for a lot of people to accept and so they're willing to kind of go at it more. Oh, for sure. Totally agree. Yeah, wine theme is way more acceptable to more people than Dungeons & Dragons. That's my guess. Which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so our next category is party games. And for party games, we mean games that are played with a large group. Greater than six? No. Greater than five. Greater than five, because Jason's <laughs> chose one. That's six. I do, okay, so I define party games as greater than six, um, and something that is maybe a bit more interactive, um, doesn't require as much attention, maybe to a board or something. And so my pick for that is Secret Hitler. Um, I know some people get like bent about the theme or whatever, which in my opinion is is stupid. Not the theme, but that people get bent about it. No one's glorifying Nazism. Um, no one is hurting Jewish people in this right. game. Yeah, right. It's it's pretty basic. You've got your secret, your hidden role, and you are picking three tiles, giving them to someone. That person chooses one. Move on. Now, the problem with this as a party game is some people don't get into it, and they don't know how to get the ball rolling. But I like this because Jason and I, if we take it somewhere, we'll start out saying "Mm, you look suspicious oh did you see that look that they gave so-and-so like yeah now jason will go straight for the jugular and call me a lying piece of trash in front of people that i respect and love um that may or may not have happened it definitely happened people still talk about it (laughs) that's true that is a, a classic smith game moment 
They probably are worried about our relationship as we speak. We, we got on everyone's <laughs> prayer chain that night. Um, but once you get people going and like you start that, they start to see the fun of the social interaction that is involved in a social deduction game. And so then they start playing off of it. People loosen up and you don't have to pay a ton of attention because on your turn, you really can't do a lot but you're all still involved in what's going on to see what people are doing, if they have any tells, who's voting what way. Um, so you can be as involved or as not involved really as you want. And I think the artwork is really cool. Yeah. I love that vintage aesthetic and the wooden like placards for president and um, chancellor I think are cool. So my choice for party games is Secret Hitler. Yeah. I thought about this one, but... Yeah, that whole, if people aren't getting into it, really, like, can bring it down. Like, I, it's a great game, and I like it, but if people just aren't, you know, trying to lie or, you know, being deceptive, it's just a really boring game at that point, because part, part of the fun of this game is people getting into character and having a good time. All right, so the game I picked should be of no surprise to anybody, and that is Just One. So um, this is my party game of choice. I could have probably put ladies and gentlemen as well, but if Katie's not there with me, teaching this game would be awful. So I didn't pick that one for that reason only. But just one, great game. Um, Everybody's trying to write down one word to get the person guessing to guess what word they're trying to describe. But the trick here is if multiple people write down the same word, they cancel each other out so the person doesn't get to see what that word is. And it might be the best clue because clearly multiple people did it, so it's a good clue. So... You're just trying to beat the game. Uh, The more questions you get right, the better score you get. Like, cool, awesome, excellent, that type of stuff. So, silly. It's it's not hard. I mean, it's like a one-page rule book. Super easy, but still fun. So, just one. Yeah, and this one is, like, so accessible to all kinds of people. You know, my grandma played it and actually didn't hate it and act like she couldn't figure it out. That's true. Um, That is true. That's a rousing endorsement, too. Which which (laughs) is a rousing endorsement. Um, You know, it's just writing down one word. So people are like, okay, I can do that. Um, It has, like, a categories mechanic, which is crossing out if you have the same answer. You know, it has that, like, it has mechanics of other games just boiled down really simply. So, yeah, this is a great game. It's so genius, too. Like, I can't believe this game doesn't exist before now. Like, so simple and so obvious that just crazy. It blows my mind. Yeah, it's a good game. All right, so next up, we got games for the youngins, <laughs> for the kids. We have a couple couple kids. A we pair do. Of, a pair of kids. So and uh, they love games. Yeah. Well, at least our youngest well, especially One of them loves, loves games. games. She loves games the most, and she always wants to bring out new games, try games, be involved. Um, And so for me, my pick is a game that we probably, I think was one of the first games we bought, our girls, one of them. And it's from from Haba, which I adore Haba so much. They have such great games, like, and the production value is awesome. And so the game I picked is Dragon's Breath. And it's just, you have a dragon, and of your color you pick this you stack up these rings in the center you put a a big pile of gems down the middle which is really cool the kids love like the way the gems look and then each turn you take off one of the rings after each person has picked a color of gem that they think is going to fall off the tower and so then if whatever color that you picked falls off you get it goes behind your dragon the person with most gems at the end wins 
So it's really simple. There's counting to it, but it's fun. It's pretty. Um, with my kids, like it was easier for me. I could look and obviously predict the colors that are coming out. So then I started doing, I randomized the colors of gems that each person got so that it was more fair. So there's lots of ways to like work with this game. And like I wanted to pick Unicorn Glitter Luck because that's a hobby game that I also love. The regular Unicorn Glitter Luck and the Cloud Stacking. But we have it because we have girls that are into unicorns and pink gems and rainbows and i understand that not everyone is into that um and so dragon's breath like i think appeals to all kinds of kids and dragons are fun and so that's my choice yeah this is a good one and you completely killed the theme on this the gym the gems are stuck in some ice and the daddy dragon has to come and melt the ice to let the gems come out little by little so the little kids can collect their colors of gems that was adorable baby thank you yeah, see, I know the theme. I just don't care. All right. <laughs> so my pick is a little bit on the older kid side, I think, because a, a, a little, you know, really small kids can play Dragon's Breath. It's pretty, I think it's like anybody like four or up probably can play that game. But My Little Scythe is a little more in-depth, which I didn't say that earlier. So My Little Scythe is my game. Um, it's a little more in-depth. It's probably, you know, eight or nine, but we did let our six-year-old play it, and I helped her a little bit, but it was fine. Um, she didn't do too bad, just the strategy is harder. Right, yeah, she could play the game. She just didn't understand why she was doing some things. So this is just basically a a smaller family version of Scythe. Plays in like a fourth of the time. And what you're trying to do, same kind of things. You're trying to win a pie fight. You're trying to deliver some gems to a castle. You're trying to upgrade your own player board. You're trying to complete this goal that you have in front of you to get trophies out on the board you want to be the first person to get your four trophies out on the board and if you can do that and someone else doesn't do it in the same round then you win uh, it's really cute it has really nice little minis i guess i don't care about minis but they do they are cute um the production's nice the board is like gargantuan but our six-year-old seemed to really like the theme and she thought the animals were cute so if you want a game for maybe a little bit older kids check out my little size yeah, I, the production is awesome on this. It's so cute. Like I saw they just released a expansion for it. And we don't play it that often to really merit the expansion, but it is also really adorable. And I think it would make it really fun. And I do not like regular Scythe. I know. A bunch of you just fell on your own swords. I don't like Scythe. It's ugly as sin, and it's not fun. But My Little Scythe makes it in a palatable package, and I really enjoy it. I just would like house rule it and play it a little bit longer and I'd play it without my kids. But it still is a fun game, I think, for yeah, just that slightly older demographic. Good pick, babe. I agree with all those things that you just said. And your great pick to me, yes. Oh jeez. This is like a whole self aggrandizing episode <laughs> where Jason just talks about how awesome he is in third person. Oh, uh, it's funny. <laughs> so our next category, I'm moving right along is drafting games. And it's not even like specifically card drafting games because I did not choose a card drafting game. Um, my pick for drafting games is actually Castles of Mad King Ludwig. I stinking love this game. I play it terribly. This is one of the few games where I am like not in it to win it. I'm not competitive at all because all I want to do is make like a crazy cool castle with all the fun rooms in it that I love. And I could care less about the, you know, the points. And what so I want to I, know is why you picked this as a drafting game. Because 
you every round what you're doing is you are drafting a room to put into your castle. Yes, you are paying for it, but you still have to pick one in. You're bringing it in from a general pile to add in front of you, which is what you're doing in card, you know, Seven Wonders. Why you you also have to pay to play those cards anyway. Same thing but I think this theme is much more interesting it's a lot more fun um I've actually introduced this to my sister's sister-in-law who we play with sometimes and she really liked it several people who aren't super gamers really liked it Lauren shout out to you Lauren Brandon's daughter she really loved this game too um because it's just fun the idea of building like a castle is cool and you've got that drafting thing Now, the thing about this game that's hard is it does take a ton of setup. But if your husband really loved you, he would buy you the broken token insert so you wouldn't have to set it up every time and you just pull the inserts out and you're ready to play. But this game is really fun. Um, Building the castle, if you care about points, you know, finding the clever ways to put the rooms together um, and to meet the king's, like, desires for his castle and your gold cards. Super fun game where you are drafting castle rooms to go into your castle. So my pick for drafting is Castles of Mackin Ludwig. This is a good pick. I already knew the answer to the question of why you picked it, but I wanted you to explain to everybody else because I'm sure somebody was like, what? Castles of Mackin Ludwig? That's a tile game. But yes. You draft the tiles, people. Right. I think too often we think if a drafting game isn't Seven Wonders or, you know, I take a card, I give you the rest of them that you're not drafting, but... Drafting from a row of cards or a row of tiles is still drafting. You're taking it, you're drafting it, and you're putting it in front of you. So, yeah, that's a good pick. I like that game quite a bit, too. Thanks, by the broken token insert. <laughs> no, you said if your husband loves you. I, if, uh, loves you enough. Oh, like, I, oh, I guess. oh, everybody heard that. Everybody heard that. It's recorded. <laughs> Jason doesn't love me enough to buy me a board game insert. What does uh, that say? I bought you a fire pit. <laughs> 13 years down the crapper. <laughs> Technically, the government bought you that fire pit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so maybe Donald Trump will buy me a broken token insert then. <laughs> maybe. He'll do what he has to do to get your vote. Uh, all right, moving on from that, because that's going to be controversial. Um, <laughs> all right, so my game is also not a card drafting game, but it is a drafting game. And mine is a dice version of a card drafting game, and it's called Sushi Roll. So Why did you pick Sushi Roll instead of Sushi Go? Because I like Sushi Roll better. And two, because while I'm not drafting cards, I am taking a die off my conveyor belt, putting it in front of me, and then moving my conveyor belt with those dice over to you. So it's functioning exactly the same way as Sushi Roll with a hand of cards, but instead of a hand of cards, I have a conveyor belt of dice. So if you know Sushi Go, uh, you're taking a card, you're trying to get certain types of little sushi to score some points. Sushi Roll is exactly the same thing except you have dice Uh, and you can see what everybody has in front of them. So you can kind of plan ahead where with the card, you don't know what other people may have in their hand until it gets to you. But with the dice, you can see, Hey, uh, you have that die. I want, I have some chopsticks. I'm going to steal that die from you and put it on my board. So it's a little more, maybe take that a little more in your face, but it also gives you perfect information, which I dig. So my drafting game, sushi roll. Hmm. It's a good one. Don't me. I'm not saying it's not a good one. I do like it. I just don't understand why you picked, why you like this better than Sushi Go. I don't know. I I think as I play more dice games, I really like rolling dice. So it's just fulfilling to me. I like playing with dice, I guess. Oh, look at you segue into our next category and our last and final category (sighs) of the night. And that was completely unintentional because, again, 
pretty okay. But yes, that was a good segue. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of dice, rolling dice, our last category we want to talk about for this podcast, because we've got more categories in our exciting conclusion next podcast, um, it, our dice games. And for me, like you've heard us talk about this before on the podcast, I am sure. My, one of my favorite games, It's I think it's in my top 25 games of all time, maybe, still. Um, maybe not now that I've played the gambler. yes gambler's number one game of all time (laughs) right after the icp deck builder oh yeah that's true oh Oh, they're vying for your attention babe (laughs) but my uh my my choice for dice game that i think that people would really enjoy that should have part of their collection is dice forge um i love dice forge because it is a little gimmicky in the fact that you are pulling sides off dice and putting new ones on and to be honest, people like gimmicky. That's why some of y'all got those big honking minis in games. It's a gimmick, okay? I'm sorry. Oh my I gosh, love you. this podcast is going to get like <laughs> tomatoes thrown at it if you Come at do me. That. Come at me right now. <laughs> sorry, Tim. Ignore everything she says. <laughs> I know. Tim, you love Euros too. I love Lamp. Um, but Dice Forge has that gimmick to it. It's also a game where everyone is rolling dice on everyone's turn. So you're not sitting there really waiting for your turn. You're doing something. I mean, you're waiting for your turn, but you're still doing something on other people's turns. And you've got like two basic choices. You buy a card with resources or you buy a dice side with gold. That's it. Those two basic choices then you use however you want in order to get the most points. And so another reason why I think this is a great dice game is because you can go about it in a different way than I do and end up winning. And that's what I really love. Whereas Yahtzee, there's pretty much one way to win. Get Yahtzee. Yeah, pretty much. And I never get Yahtzee. But with Dice Forge, it's you can pick different sides. You can use different combos. You can go after cards over money or whatever. Like there's lots of different ways to do it. The artwork is also really pretty and it's constantly keeping people engaged. So that's why Dice Forge is my pick for a dice game that I think everybody should own. Yeah, Dice Forge is good. If you didn't pick it, I would have picked it because, yes, it's dice, but it also gives you a game to play outside of just throwing some dice around. Right. So I I struggle with this one because dice games mean a lot of different things to me. Like Coimbra is a dice game to me. Not really. I get that. But Size like placement. you, right. You could stretch it and say, hey, any game that has dice in it is what I wanted to put here. But I strictly went with a game where the main function or mechanic of the game is rolling dice. And based on whatever those dice rolls happen is what you can do. So probably my favorite one still, even though it's super light and I don't know, I, love, I like it, is Dice Town. Yeah. It's poker Yahtzee. Uh, you're rolling some dice that have like nine through ace on them, I think. Ten through eight. Yeah, nine through ace. Nine. And you're trying to, based on what you roll, you may try to get some gold nuggets. You might try to go to the saloon to steal somebody's card. You might try to become the new sheriff. You may try to get a nice plot of land that you can use. Or you may get nothing, and then you go visit Doc Bathluck, but you still get some, you know, a little bit less, but you get something. It's really easy to play. Uh, you're trying to be the first person to, I think you're going to play till the Nuggets run out and whoever has the most points is the winner. Um, yeah, it, it really is just Yahtzee with, instead of getting like 
straights and Yahtzees, you're getting full houses, which I guess you can do in Yahtzee too. It's but like Yahtzee poker. Yeah, yeah, right. It's Yahtzee poker, and you can get ace high and things and all that. So if you like Yahtzee and you like poker, check out Dice Town because it's super fun. Yeah, it's again, it's super accessible to people because most people understand a poker hand and most people know how to roll dice. I mean, like, it's not that hard. And then there still is mostly an element of luck in this. So, you know, someone can't super outplay somebody else. It's just how the dice fall and how other people, you know, what they're keeping, who has the highest number. Um, and like, that comes with these little plastic um brown cups which i don't know why but that's like everyone's favorite part mine included because the sound of the dice shaking in them and then you slamming the cup down the table is like super thrilling for some reason and it's just like another great component to the game i don't know why yeah completely unnecessary you can just roll the dice but it is fulfilling to slam that stupid little acorn cup down so those are the first half of what we think are bgm essential games I was trying to think if I had a couple honorable mentions. Like, for me, I, I did mention my kids' games. I love Unicorn Glitterlock. Super fun. Especially the cloud stacking version, which, even though I hate dexterity games, it has these chunky, adorable pieces that I love. Um, there is another game I was like, ooh, a, a drafting games. I love the drafting game Bargain Quest. I love, love that game. Um, and people, some people just have trouble catching on to that game. And I don't understand, but I think the theme is cool. I think it does drafting in a really cool way. Um, I just like that. Yeah, I think I mentioned most of mine when I was talking about my main one. So, yeah, I feel good. I feel good with my list. I like it. No second guessing. No turning back. So we talked about worker placement games, party games, kids games, and drafting games. And dice games. And dice games. Oh, yeah, they're on the next page. As I'm looking (laughs) at my notes. (laughs) I didn't scroll down far enough, guys. Um, So what do you think? Our choice is good. I mean, obviously, they're for us, our essentials. But what are your essentials in those categories? Tell us. Post on Facebook. Join the Riveted. If you're not a member of the Riveted, you're missing out on one of the best places to just, like, talk about games and, like, be supportive and find supportive, non-confrontational people. Like, it's just great. Um, And we'll let anybody in because we're pretty okay. And we think you're pretty okay, too. Um, We've also got Twitter. We've got Instagram. You could just slip into our DMs and say, hey, <laughs> you can always go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe. Um, Jason does a ton of great review videos. I know I should do them, but I don't. However, I think uh, we were talking about maybe starting to do some unboxing videos because we get random stuff. And also, <laughs> I forced Jason to back a bunch of Kickstarters. So once those come in, I think I should do an unboxing video of those. So... Maybe that'll be new content to our YouTube channel. You don't want to miss out on that. So make sure you hit subscribe and like us. Agreed. Ditto. All right. So start cultivating your game collection. And we will see you next week for the rest of our essentials. I'm Katie. And I'm Jason. And keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Lita, stop eating that brat. Quit. Quit.